from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie B. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Thursday, November the 11th, 2021. And uh, before we get into the show, of course, want to recognize Remembrance Day uh, to honor the extraordinary service of Canadian veterans to never forget the sacrifices they made to protect our freedoms, uh, the be- brave women and men who served and continue to serve our country. Uh, so thank you to everyone, all the veterans uh, here now and uh, in the past uh, for letting us uh, be able to celebrate uh, a-, a day like today and uh, and move forward in a free country that we live in. Uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to hear from Coach Orlando Steinauer. We're going to hear from Dylan Wynn. I'm going to be joined by the offensive line coach, Mike Gibson, uh, because there have been a lot of changes on the offensive line, and uh, they just seem to be getting better and better every game. Um, building confidence despite a lot of different bodies in a lot of different places. Uh, so we will be talking to that with uh, about that with Coach Gibson coming up in just a little bit. Right now, let's take a look at the Ticats depth chart as released by the Ticats. And let's start with the offensive line. Because we've got a couple of changes. Jordan Murray is back. Yes, Jordan Murray back at left tackle. He was uh, activated off the six-game injured list on Monday, and he is good to go for this one. So he'll start at left tackle. Brandon Revenberg will make the start at left guard, but you already knew that, didn't you? His 13th straight start there. John Yarborough will be the center. Coulter Woodmansey is back at right guard. And Chris Van Zyl starting at right tackle. Jeremiah Masoli will handle the quarterback duties at running back. Don Jackson is out. You may have picked up on Coach mentioning this yesterday, uh, but Don Jackson was limited in practice throughout the week, and uh, we now know that he is out. He will not go. He is on the one-game injured list. So Sean Thomas Erlington gets the start at running back. Nikola Kalinic at fullback. At receiver at wide, you have Dunbar Jr. at the slot, Jalen Acklin. Brandon Banks, Tim White, slot field side, and David Unger the third lining up wide at wide receiver. Taking a look at the defense, no changes to tell you about. Jagera Davis, Ted Laurent, Dylan Wynn, Julian Hauser up front. Simone Lawrence, Jovan Santos, Knox, Cameron Kelly in the linebacking crew. And from left to right in the secondary, Desmond Lawrence, Cariel Brooks, Tunde Adelike, Siante Evans, Jamal Roll handling the secondary duties. And on special teams, Taylor Bertolette handling the kicking. Joel Whitford taking care of the punting. Gordon White is the long snapper, and Brandon Banks will return kick. So that's how the Ticats will line up against the Argos tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. And by the way, speaking of the Argos, speaking of 7.30 p.m., yesterday on this show, I had mentioned that Go Transit was ending service at 10 p.m. That's not true anymore. Yes, we have gotten word from Metrolinx that they have secured a special train for fans that will be held at exhibition. And they got extra trains and they're going to hold out on construction until the game gets out. So some big news, Metrolinx, shout out to Metrolinx uh, for making this change, for accommodating Ticats fans who are making the trip on the GO train. Uh, So yes, you can take the GO train now because there will be trains after 10 p.m. that they will hold until the game 
end. So exciting news. Uh, if you didn't feel like driving to Toronto, uh, and uh, very, very exciting uh, for people who, like me, like taking the GO train, maybe have like to have a couple of pops as well at the game. Uh, but all right, let's hear from Coach Orlando Steinauer. Here's what he had to say after practice today. It won't. Like, uh, we're, 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 we're on course. We're full speed ahead. And, uh, yeah, we were, you know, it's, it's disappointing that Don's not going to get a chance to uh, stack on his two previous performances. But uh, that's just that's just what it is. We're, they're going to kick the ball off anyway, and I'm excited uh, for the three guys that we'll have back there this game. Yeah, 100% confidence. Like, we we uh, attempted to change the ratio for the past two years for a reason, and it's because of the depth we have at running back. So um, that's not even that's not even an issue. You know, we're, uh, we're going to proceed on. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be playing to win the same way we're going to be playing to win. And, you know, the buildup is great, but that's why you play the game. Like, they're, uh, they're on top of the division for a reason. You know, I've been impressed with their resiliency. They found a way to get it done. In tight games, they've uh, handled their business in games that they are probably supposed to to handle. So uh, that's why they're in the position they're in. Um, proud of our team. So that's that's just kind of the focus on them. But other than that, the focus has really been on on our ball club. And um, you know, I expect it to be a, a fun, outstanding, hard hitting uh, football game. That's uh, and you know, the build up, like I always say, is great. It's a sports entertainment business, but uh, the game will be decided between the white line. Just, I think they've been consistent. And there's been weeks that they've ran the ball very effectively, and in times they didn't, they used the pass just as effectively as if it was a run. Uh, I think their run game is evolving, and I think that you know they're doing they're doing a good job. Uh, they've had some turnover on their offensive line, but I feel like uh, they've done a good job of trying to establish the line of scrimmage, and then. You know, for the most part, they've been pretty efficient in their passing game. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have our hands full, but uh, I'm excited to see our response. That is the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, obviously off the top, talking about uh, Don Jackson, uh, who is not available for the Tiger Cats in this one. He's on the one-game injured list, but of course they have full confidence in uh, Sean Thomas Erlington, Jackson Bennett, and uh, Malik Irons, so uh, something to watch for heading into uh, to this one. Uh, you may have noticed on Twitter, tweeted out a picture of uh, Dylan Wynn, uh, not only rocking the shades and the bucket hat, but also rocking a number 68 Angelo Mosca jersey. And after practice today, I uh, asked him uh, you know, why it was important for him to represent, to honor number 68 at walkthrough today. Here's what he had to say. If you've seen the film, you know, tight, uh, Mosca embodies the city, you know, and uh, it's it's a mentality that, you know, we always talk about standing on the shoulders of the, those who came before us and established, you know, our identity as a tight cat defense. And uh, I can't think of anybody who bleeds more black and gold and really embodies Steel Town as much as Angela Mosca. And uh, it's a privilege and honor to be able to represent him and his legacy and, you know, try to do him justice and just play the best ball we can. Probably my favorite part of the CFL is just the history, uh, the rich heritage. And uh, You can go back and you can watch all of the film, all the film that he put on and, you know, all the work that he did. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he worked to be the best player that he could be. And he was 
you know, mean tie cap player. And uh, there's the plays might change, the strategies might change, but the attitude never changes. And uh, that's something I can appreciate and I try to emulate on the field. Well, as a defensive line, we always view ourselves as the bottom of the pyramid. You know, you might not be what everyone looks at, but it's definitely what holds down the foundation. Um, for our defense to be able to execute to the level that we expect and uh, we've made our standard, the defensive line, the front four, us definitely need to do our jobs to the best of our abilities. Uh, that includes assignment, alignment, you know, all that. But at the end of the day, it's all about executing. And so it's all about, you know, they got their big hogs up front. We got us and it's whoever's going to come out and fight the best. That is Dylan Wynn as he spoke after practice today or after walkthrough today is uh, just a, a quick hour walkthrough for the Ticats. I did take to Twitter. You might have seen the picture of uh, Win rocking the Mosca jersey, but I also took to Twitter because I want to know how you're feeling heading into tomorrow night's game. So a couple of you tweeted me back uh, to try to get to them here. Uh, Greg says, I'm feeling very confident. The past three games, we have shown great form. And I'm predicting we'll beat the Argos tomorrow by 10 points and we will reclaim top spot in the East. We also got to do it for the great Angela Mosca. I'm expecting us to be fired up, Oski. We, we, uh, at Ray Greenwood or at Greenwood Ray says they need to play hard all four quarters, not fall asleep in the fourth quarter. Uh, at Roll DB1 says, uh, can't lie, nervous to watch Masoli play against a good defense. He looked shaky at points against three of the weaker teams in the league. I don't know where he looked shaky. I, I don't know where you're going with this, Roll. How, how is the October player of the month, how did he look shaky? I don't get it, but all right. Uh, at, at Alex Jugloff, Jugloff, excuse me, he says he's feeling confident, Louie. His team is clicking right now on offense, and Masoli looks like the 2019 Masoli. Ooh, Don Jackson has played a huge factor. I did ask this before we saw the depth chart, uh, but uh, yes, Don Jackson has played a huge factor into this turnaround in the offense, but to unavailable for the Ticats. Uh, one more at Tiger Sammy says, making the trip tomorrow, I feel great the way we have played the last three games combined with some of the Argos struggles the last couple of weeks could be a very tasty victory for the good guys. Eat them raw and safe travels to my fellow road warriors. Uh, they add in here at Tiger Sammy. Also calling it now, Simone Lawrence will have a pick six. So thanks for getting to me on uh, Twitter. I'll respond to a couple more of you on uh, Twitter directly, but always appreciate your interaction here uh, with the show. All right, very pleased now to be joined by the offensive line coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That is Coach Mike Gibson. And uh, Coach Gibson, I think everybody kind of expected the unexpected coming into 2021. Hadn't played for a season. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you could have even, you know, worst case scenario of thought, the amount of turnover changes you've had at the offensive line because of injuries – um, just, just your thoughts on, on what you've seen so far this season uh, on offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that's probably an understatement. In all my time of coaching, uh, I've probably never been through it either. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I won't bore you with the numbers, but it's something like we've started four different, maybe the same guy, but at different times, four different right tackles, five different right guards, three centers. The only consistent has been our left guard which has been rev, thank God, and then five guys at left tackle. So there's been a lot of mixing and matching and in and outs and everything. But, uh, 
you know, that that's part of the game, I guess. I mean, that's it's part of the game. But again, you mentioned it, Revenberg, the only one, the only consistent on that uh, that line. But you've had guys step up, and and you've talked you talked about. It. I remember I was watching an interview you and I did going into the season. Was that it was all about being ready when you were called upon. What does it mean to see guys, especially Americans, come up here, be ready to step in, like we've seen Travis or John or Jordan be able to kind of represent what that next man up mentality means. You know, without a doubt, I mean, those guys have done a great job. I mean, the offensive line probably more than any position, Louie, is a group of cohesiveness. You know, uh, as far as, you know, you just have to feel the, the right tackle has to feel like he knows what the right guard's going to do. The right guard's got to feel like he knows what the center's got to do. And it just transcends down the line. So for those guys to come up here and they've worked extremely hard, uh, they're one of the hardest working groups I've been around. They're, they're a great group in the classroom. They're a good group that gets along with each other and they try to help one another. And, uh, you know, it is the next man up. I mean, you know, our room is really kind of small when you look at it as far as numbers. I mean, we start five positions and we've got eight, maybe nine guys and uh, they're all not healthy. And so it's a it's a group where they look around, and they know there's nobody else. And when it's their turn, they're going to do the best they can do. And uh, for that, I applaud them. And uh, I feel like that, you know, uh, we've gotten better. Uh, I feel like we're we're probably playing as good as we played all year in the last two to three, maybe even four games. And so that that's a credit to them. They're, they're extremely hard workers. They study hard and everything. But it, it uh, I think it's been trying for them as well because, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, Rev one week has one guy to his right, another guy to his left. And then the very next week he has two entirely different guys. Yeah. So it's hard. And, you know, uh, they're young the guards. You know, the right guard has had a, a young guy next to him at tackle for – four or five games and it's been a different young guy. And then all of a sudden he has a veteran like Van Zyl. I mean, getting Chris back obviously helps us. It gives us some stability. Uh, it gives us, uh, a, I think, a calming influence, a presence out there that, you know, um, no matter how things go, hey, you move on to the next play. And uh, that's easy for a guy who started 170 games like Van Zyl, but it's a little difficult for, for Coulter who started four games and who, you know, two years ago was in university and last year didn't play. And so, you know, it's a different experience for all of them. It don't make them better in the long run. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Colter Woodmancy has probably, you know, I've, I'm going to age myself, but, but I've coached for a lot of years, okay, in a lot of different places with a lot of different people, a lot of different teams. Colter Woodmancy has probably – I don't want to say improved is not the word, but has fitted himself in as fast as any guy I've ever seen, you know, and his future is just limitless. I mean, you know, if he, he's a great, he got great work ethic for number one, he's a talented kid for number two. He wants to be good for number three. So his ceiling is just limitless. And as long as he stays hungry, you know, he's going to be, I don't know, you know, pick a guy who's played in this league a long time, pick Van's aisle you know, who's had all the success he has. It, Coulter will be at a different position, but, I mean, it'll be the same kind of career if he can stay healthy. Chris Chris had mentioned it uh, earlier when we were talking to him about lining up alongside Coulter, and he says it's like seeing the game 
through his eyes, like a rookie. And, he, and he's kind of gotten this new appreciation for what he does. That being said, Chris was around a lot during his injury while he was on the six-game injury. What did that mean to see, you know, a 14-year vet who, give, handing out water at practice uh, to, you know, to kind of echo what you're saying to maybe some of the younger players? Like, how important was it to have Chris around this team? Oh, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Chris Van Zyl, number one, is a great person. Okay, I mean, uh, he is going to be successful and would be successful in whatever he does. You know, he's got, you know, people say they, a lot of times people say, well, he's got it. And it's hard to explain. What is it? it you just know it when you see it. You know, and that's, that's Chris Van Zyl. He, he's uh, uh, deeply committed. He cares. Uh, he wants the best for everybody. And there's not a lot of people who are like that. You know, and so to see him with the water and to see him doing the things he does, it shouldn't surprise anybody because that's who he is. And uh, it definitely was good for the younger guys uh, because they see how hard he worked to get back. Number one, the injuries he went through. I mean, he was injured at the start, came back for a half, then he got injured again and he was out for four or five more weeks. But he never said, okay, well, that's it. Uh, you know, this year's a wash for me. I mean, he's, he always said, I'm going to make it back when it counts. And he's done that. And without a doubt, I mean, I don't only think for, I don't only think, well, I know so, not only for the offensive line, but I think for the whole entire offense and I think for the entire team. I mean, he's that well-respected and well-liked. Um, just back to the Americans, because it is a jump, right? With, with the one yard off the ball, the waggle. I, can you kind of put into perspective how impressive it is to see, you know, Jordan kind of step up from coming in late, Travis stepping in late to be able to, and even John uh, Yarbrough moving into center, a position where there hasn't been a lot of movement for the Ticats in the last 10, 15 years, right? I mean, it went Hage uh, to Diakowski to, to, uh, to Filer. I mean, what, how impressive is that, what those three particular have been able to do? Making those, those, are, those are good kids. I mean, they, uh, they obviously had talent. Uh, you know, they, they went to good places and played in their college career and so forth, and they, they just needed a chance, you know. Um, you know, they played in – two of them played in the spring league, so they had played some football recently, which helped them without a doubt. You know, it wasn't like they sat around for a year without playing football. So I think that helped them. And I think, um, you know, just, I mean, we're pretty good on defense here. And they had to go against good people every week. Even when they weren't playing, when they were running the look teams and things like that, they prepared because they had to go against good guys. And they learned. And, and again, I just go back to the thing about it's a good group. They study. They want to be good. They watch film and things like that. So uh, it, very, it is an impressive thing. But again, it's a, it's a thing that it, it just didn't happen. You know, it just didn't happen that, uh, you know, Yarbrough can start at guard and start at center. That, you know, uh, Travis can be by get, miss, miss camp for, for family reasons, come up here, quarantine. And then just kind of bide his time, bide his time. And then all of a sudden, due to injuries, he's in and he's playing. And so um, I give him a lot of credit for, the, for their preparation and for their work when no one's looking. You know, we say in the quiet times, you know, it, it, it's easy. And I, I don't want that's a bad word. It's respect, expected of them to be here four and a half hours. That's, that's, they're a professional. That's what the 
see, you know, the players association record, it will allow you to do, but they put in extra. And so they prepared themselves. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the offensive line, when there are a lot of sacks and, and, you know, when the running game can't go on, usually takes, uh, takes the hit, but uh, you know, you don't get the praise you often deserve. So coach, congratulations on what you've been able to do with this offensive line. I know you're not done yet. Uh, you, you got a couple more tall tasks ahead of you, but uh, it's definitely been impressive. Uh, thanks for doing this. It's great to catch hey, up. Great seeing you, Louie. And uh, again, yeah, we've got, you know, we're excited to play this week. We're excited what the future holds for us. And as we say, you know, we just got to move on to the next snap. I mean, it's a, you're right. It's a, it's a journey, you know, and as I tell them all the time, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So we're, we're just keeping on going and we'll, we'll be fine. And hopefully we can continue to improve because that's what it's all about. And if we do that, I feel really good about our chances. Well, you got a tall task against a good Toronto defense. Uh, best of luck uh, tomorrow night, coach. Okay. Thanks a lot, Louie. Appreciate it. You have a great day. My thanks to Coach Gibson for joining me today. Uh, uh, and my thanks to you for tuning in. Always do appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow, no show, no Ticats today, but don't don't worry because we will get you set as we'll have a Tiger Cats game day with Bubba O'Neill and Courtney Steven. They'll be dropping in the uh, Tiger Cats audio network sometime in the morning, pre-9 a.m. actually. So you'll have it ready to go for your, uh, whether you're taking the go train in or whether you want to listen to it at work. And then make sure to join Courtney and I at 6.30 when we get set for him. Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross. And then we'll hand it over to RJ and Luke with the call. At 7.30. So, a big game tomorrow. Hope you'll join us right here on the Ticats Audio Network. Thanks for checking us out today. Have yourself a fantastic Thursday for the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day. Ticats Today with Louis B. Subscribe, like, and get your Ticats fix every weekday.